Welcome to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by ChristianMusicMarketing.com. We are here to help Christian musicians, songwriters, and artists connect with one another, learn from one another, and to pull back the curtain to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Christian music industry. Let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Christian Music Industry Podcast. I'm your host and your friend in the Christian music industry, Wisdom Moon and I can't believe it's already almost the end of August. I mean, we've now like passed more than half of the year. Uh, it almost feels like it, the end of the year now. Uh, so yeah, there's been just a lot going on. Uh, summer's almost over. And I have a friend of mine on the podcast I'm really excited about, Aaron Williams. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, you guys. Thank you, Wisdom. So happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to you know, join the podcast and just share what's happening in, in your life and what God's doing. And I, I want to say we met maybe close to like four years ago. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't remember. Do you remember how we met? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I, was, I was launching a music project and needed a lot of help. And someone said, Wisdom Moon is your guy and uh connect <laughs> like like pointed me in the right direction and uh so we reached out and um had a great conversation just about what you guys do and then it's been awesome just to uh stay connected since then and work on a lot of music together but kind of uh you know develop a friendship along the way as well so yeah it's it yeah. has been a few years though i think that was that was pre-pandemic or yeah i yeah. think it was like the year yeah yeah, that those years are kind of all a blur. <laughs> they like. are. <laughs> yes, yeah, they are. I was just talking to somebody uh, this past Sunday. We had a baptism Sunday at church, uh, and it's my first time at the church um, when they were doing a baptism because we do it like once a year at this private lake, and it's like a big celebration. And I was asking somebody there that I uh, met, and I asked them, uh, like, you know, when did they start coming to the church? And they were like, I think two years ago, I think three, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's the pandemic. That's the COVID yep. blur. <laughs> yep, yeah, it really um, is. And, I mean, you've had a lot of other things happening, uh, a lot of changes. You literally yeah. uprooted your family and moved to the beautiful state of texas <laughs> yeah and so yeah tell us about that i mean that that's a big transition and uh yeah. what exactly happened and why you guys decided to do that yeah for sure it has been a big transition it's been good but it's you know any any like uprooting and moving states is uh, people ask me how it's going and i'm like i think it went about as smooth as it possibly could have, but it was still like really tiring. You know, I mean, there's no way of getting around, like, especially we've got two little kids. We've got two boys at eight and six. So like, you know, just all the stuff that the kids have. Um, but it's been really good. Yeah. We, um, I was on staff at a church in Little Rock, Arkansas fellowship Bible church, um, had been there for 11 years and, um, you know, loved it, loved the people, it was a, a wonderful ministry and church to be a part of. And um, the Lord's uh, started just calling us to uh, slowly. I mean, this happened over probably a year of like prayer and discernment to 
mm. launch a nonprofit that had been on our heart that started through a conference that we were leading at the church called Dwell. And yeah. so unknowingly, the week before the pandemic began in, in uh, March of 2020, uh, the church prayed over us, commissioned us out. We launched into Dwell, uh, which had a music component. And, um, you know, it was like a, a worship and discipleship ministry. And then the next week, um, you know, everything turned upside down. And so for the yeah. next year to year and a half, we, uh, you know, we just kind of kept following where the Lord was leading as best as we could through the pandemic. And a huge mm -hmm. part of that was uh, releasing music that had kind of been, you know, a yeah. dream and kind of been, you know, we had some songs in our back pocket, so to speak. And so we released a handful of songs throughout that year. And uh, through that process, got connected with Shane and Shane and the worship initiative here in Dallas through a song that I wrote mm -hmm. called Abide. That particular song, they wanted to uh, put on a volume for what they do here, mm -hmm. release some of the resources for it. And uh, yeah, just through that friendship, I had known of Shane and Shane, you know, they had been part of my soundtrack as a, a young yeah, worship yeah. leader for a lot of, a lot of years. And um, so had That's a high it. respect <laughs> for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a high respect for them and loved kind of getting to hear what they were doing here at the worship initiative. And uh, basically over a series of months, they talked to me about like an expansion part of the, worship initiative, which we're now living in mm. currently. And a part of that was to be able to come on an invitation to come onto the team as a songwriter and a resident artist uh, onto the mm. record label that was forming uh, to be able to like help form a team of writers here. So it was kind of an unforeseen second transition in many ways, but it involved a move to Dallas and, um, it's ironic that we're talking about it right now in the sense that it was a year ago this week that we landed. So we've been here oh, for wow. just right at a year and um, yeah, Crazy. it's been great. Uh, yeah. Really exciting to be a part of what's happening here. Wow. But yeah, like you said, like the move, you know, it um, tests your faith in a lot of ways, you know, and, and really, you know, you have to mm. trust where the Lord's leading. And so we've walked, that's been a big part of our story over the last few years, but especially this last year. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard of the worship initiative and or Shane and Shane, and they might hear you talk about him. They might be like, that's my dream job. How did you even you know, <laughs> get that job? Uh, so is that something that you ever like imagined of doing? And was it, like a pretty immediate, oh yeah, of course I'm going to say yes to this, or was it really a hard decision? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of my dream job too. I mean, I there's, you know, any any work is work. So no matter what kind of work yeah. you're doing, you know, it's it's still work. But oh man, there's so many moments where I'm just like uh, incredibly grateful. Um, it feels like some of the Lord's faithfulness in my life. I started leading worship when I was like in junior high, high school and mm. always felt like the Lord had kind of spoken over me a particular, you know, maybe calling if you will, to, to write songs specific for the church. So like I've had a passion mm. to write songs, uh, but specifically trying to resource the church. And so to like pair up with, um, the Shanes and the worship initiative that are just like geared straight toward that. Um, and I already have a platform built to do it has been a dream come true. Yeah. And, and honestly, uh, you know, the Shanes are 
just as wonderful people off the stage as they are on stage. And uh, really the whole team is here as well. So the team that's building the, I get to, uh, write and lead with Davy flowers and John Mark Cole are mm. artist friends of mine. Now they're both amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, it's ministry is an ebb and flow for sure. Of, of I've walked through lots of hard seasons, lots of, uh, you know, difficult seasons, but there are also, I feel like these moments, uh, that you kind of savor when they happen because you know that it's not going to be forever. And, you know, next week could be a hard yeah. week, but, but yeah, we're living in a little bit of a season. I feel like that's just a little bit of a pause in like maybe yeah. a, a feeling some of the reward of faith steps that we've taken and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, you alluded to, you know, there being hard seasons as well. And for, I would say most people with like a public platform, which I would say mm -hmm. you have a pl public platform, you don't see a lot of people sharing the hard seasons, you know, usually it's like a highlight reel, you know, <laughs> like it's a perfect photo of themselves or their family or, you know, in the studio and things like that. So I would love to, you know, just unpack some of that. Like, obviously, you know, we all have hard seasons, but sometimes it's hard to imagine, you know, people that have these platforms, Christian artists, worship artists, having yeah. hard seasons it just looks like on social media they have a perfect life right <laughs> so totally <laughs> yeah yeah what are what are some things that you've had to like walk through uh some of the yeah. hard seasons um well thank thanks for inviting the vulnerability because i think i think it's important you know to not just to not just show the highlight reel and um you know i would say I would say one of the biggest ongoing battles for me as an artist, but also just as a person, as a leader is just dealing with seasons that I just feel really lonely. And, mm. you know, loneliness is an interesting thing because you can be surrounded by people, even encouraging yeah. people, and you can still experience loneliness. Um, yeah. And so when I say that, I don't mean in any way that like, I don't have a great family or I don't have, a supportive group of friends. I, I, mm -hmm. I do have that. Um, and I think the loneliness can come depending on personality types, you know, loneliness can come from just, you know, uh, the seasons where like, you feel like you're the only person going through a particular struggle. And, um, for us, that's been, you know, we're in our mid thirties. And so, moving states in your mid thirties, um, has felt like not the normal thing to do. You know, like mm -hmm. I see a lot of, uh, 20 year olds moving and, but like for a lot of people, you're by your mid thirties, you feel like you're kind of locking down roots are going deep. Mm -hmm. And so to be the new people in a place when we're kind of at the age where you would think that we're kind of the established, uh, you know, mm -hmm we're moving into a new neighborhood and there's friend groups that are already established. Our kids are joining new sports teams and, you know, there's already established yeah. people. And so it can be this really odd thing where you can be surrounded by lots of people and you can kind of feel like, man, are, are we by ourselves? Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's been a part of it. Um, I also think there's something to um, being an artist, if you will. And, um, putting yourself out there, you know, like I just released a new project and I feel almost every time I release music, I feel this like, uh, 
this two sides of the same coin. One of them is like, I'm excited. I'm pumped about it. Can't wait for people to hear it. And then the other side is like, I feel a little guarded, a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I just, I really put myself out there. Like, what if, what yeah. if people don't like it? What if they don't see the beauty in it, you know? And yeah. so that's another moment where you can feel, um, you can be surrounded by people and feel lonely but that's one of the reasons I'm super thankful in this season to have other artists that I'm kind of journeying alongside is mm. we've been able to talk about that. And it's actually encouraging to hear another person say, you're not alone. I feel the exact same thing, you know, and yeah. there's something about about that, like co-journeying that um, mm. even if it's someone saying, you know, I. I don't know that I can solve your feeling of loneliness or being alone at times, but like just the fact that I feel the same thing and we can mm-hmm. like pray for one another, share that with one another, that, that ends up being the very thing that like, you know, mm-hmm. helps you along. And, um, for me, it's usually been, uh, more intimate friendships like that. That's been really helpful than large yeah. groups of people, you know, like just one or two people that I can share stuff with. And so the Lord's been super generous in this season to give me fellow uh, new friends and new people that are in our neighborhood that we're like getting Mm -hmm. to know that we've been able to go kind of deep with. So that would be one of the things for sure would be like a sense of loneliness. Yeah, I think that's something that all of us can really relate to, especially in ministry. You're, you know, pouring out to serve other people, lead people, and then sometimes the loneliness is because you're so exhausted and like you don't even want to like you you don't feel like you you have any more to give to even friendship and what i've seen and i think it's even like biblical too or like we see it in the bible with like elijah where when you feel lonely or isolated you start to lose courage and start to like have Mm -hmm. fears you know creep in and and then you you're kind of like walking outside of god's purpose for your life you know and not really like living out your full life so yeah i think it's a i think loneliness is really a topic that more christians should be talking about you know and discussing and like being really vulnerable about especially um the ones that have influence you know and like have a platform so yeah, thanks for sharing about that because I think it's not really talked about enough, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too just to add one more thought, you know, I think obviously everyone can deal with diff- like different struggles like loneliness in different ways, but if we're not careful, for me, the uh, temptation is to kind of like when I feel lonely to like self-implode and to just totally yeah totally go insular and, you know, to be on my phone more and to be looking, Mm. you know, almost subconsciously looking for connection, but to be doing it like in a way that's actually not providing actual connection with other people. And so I've had to really, I think, learn over the years that like when I'm, when I feel that, um, to really like go outward and to, to, pursue Mm. friendship, pursue relationship, talk about these things. And then you find out you're like, Oh, loneliness is a pretty common human experience. We just don't, we just, we just think we're the only ones because we're not talking about it. But if you start talking about it, you start, you're like, Oh yeah, they, 
they felt that and they're experiencing that because of this thing. And, mm. you know, I don't know, it's just a way of finding camaraderie and friendship, I think. Yeah, I, I, I personally can definitely relate to because actually this month also for us, um, four years ago, we moved from Nashville back to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of our friends that we had before when we were in Kansas City, they all actually like moved out of the state. And so it was kind of like starting over. We started to look for a new home church and uh, all those things. And also starting a new like venture, you know, a new company. Yeah. Feels lonely <laughs> as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, and I think, too, with that season of like loneliness and sometimes it could be a very long season, you know, especially if you're not really seeking it out, like you talked about. Yeah. Uh, it's also hard sometimes to really be vulnerable about it to God, even though like, you know, in our head, we know God knows everything, but sometimes yeah. it's like, I don't know if I want to really open up about it or like if God really cares about it. Cause it doesn't seem yeah. like he cares, you know? So how do you, I guess, even approach God in this like vulnerable, honest posture and honest state? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, and I think, I think the answer I would give applies to loneliness, but this could also apply to grief, you know? So if you've mm. lost someone and you're wrestling through like pain and uh, disappointment, really any of the uh, difficult aspects of life, you know, uh, could be doubt and depression, things like that as well. I think the the beautiful invitation that I see in the scriptures is that the biblical authors, maybe even particularly the psalmists, they just go to God with that stuff. You know, mm. um, yeah. They, uh, it's like um, if God were our best friend and we could just tell Him anything and not be afraid of how He was going to respond. You know, oftentimes I do think we place those limitations on God when they're not really limitations of his, they're limitations of Mm -hmm. our own. And so I've had to learn through journaling, uh, mostly or songwriting even, um, that I can, I can tell God what I'm thinking. I can tell him what I'm experiencing and I can Mm -hmm. even tell him what I think about it, you know, and the psalmist does that, you know, it's like, you know, if you feel like God's left you out to dry, you know, the psalmist is like, how, how long, Oh Lord, like, are, you know, are you mm-hmm. going to turn your back on me forever? And there's just like this really honest moment. And for me, it's been like, you know, in the moments where I feel like prayers are going unanswered, you know, just to like ask the Lord about it. You know, he's not, he's not intimidated by my questions. Um, I even yeah. think there's, um, there's even like this beautiful way of being honest with the Lord that becomes a pathway to intimacy that mm. I just never knew. I never knew about because I, I wouldn't talk to my, I wouldn't talk to my closest friends even about my pain points in life, much mm. less uh, pray them, you know? And yeah. um, the more I began to understand and have people of wisdom in my life, like just really say, you know, like you can, you can take those things to the Lord. Like Psalm 62 says, pour out your heart before God because he is a refuge. And I just love that imagery of like, what, whatever's all in there, just like pour it out. Like, and for me, that's been, that's been writing it down or putting into a song, 
and not, you know, not trying to filter it to make it pretty. But, Mm. um, you know, if I'm feeling lonely, just say, uh, you know, Lord, I'm feeling lonely. Here's why I think I'm feeling that way. Or I don't know why I'm feeling that way. You know, can you help me discern? And oftentimes I don't even feel like I get answers to those questions. I just get a nearness Mm. of God's presence because I'm bringing my life to him, you know? And when you think about it, it's like, that's the real goal anyway. It's not necessarily just Mm. to get answers to all of our questions, but to like uh, root ourselves in the nearness of God. And so, you know, pain and suffering and loneliness, things like that actually can become quite clearly a pathway to intimacy with the Lord. If we learn to, you know, utilize them in that way. Yeah, that's good. So you said you journal. Is that something like you do every day or? No, I wish, I wish I did. Um, Writing has just always been helpful for me. Um, I'm kind of an internal processor. And so I feel like at times in my life, I, my, my mind just gets jumbled with like a thousand thoughts um, and weighed down. And there's something to me about writing writing down my thoughts that when it comes out on paper, it usually makes more sense and I can like discern what it is that I'm actually wrestling with because it's, I don't know, there's something tangible about writing it down. So I do journal regularly. I wish it was every day, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. mostly when I'm trying to discern, you know, what's going on in my head and heart. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been helpful. Songwriting's the same way. You know, if I can figure out how to turn, a life experience or something like that into a song, usually yeah. in the process of wrestling it down, I get to know myself and my struggles more clearly because you got to have to articulate them, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I have a question about journaling uh, because I actually used to journal when I was younger, like a ton. And as I got older, I stopped journaling. And I think it's because. I'm afraid of other people reading it. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm honest. Like, <laughs> for sure. Like I, I just don't want people reading my honest like thoughts, and I'm an internal processor too. So, I I like to keep my thoughts private, you know. And yeah, oh yeah. Like journaling is very vulnerable, you know, very honest. So, like, do you, how do you handle that? I guess. I've thought about that before, and there's been a, a time or two, like even when we moved. Uh, when we were packing all of our books in in our bookshelf is where I had a bunch of past journals. And Mm. one, it is slightly hilarious for me to go back and read some of the things because, um, you know, some of the things that I just felt like were the biggest deal in the world. And I read, I read through them years later and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like so dramatic. And that wasn't (laughs) near as big of a deal as I felt like it was. Um, and I've thought, I've thought before, like, man, if someone got their hands on these, like it would be so embarrassing, but I, I just, I guess I don't worry about it too much. You know, I, um, I had a specific spot that I would put those types of journals and, um, my kids would know this is kind of where dad, you know, gets his thoughts out on paper type thing. And I've just never ran into anyone wanting to exploit that, but it's totally possible. And maybe one, maybe one day when, (laughs) Maybe one day when I'm gone to heaven, people are going to, you know, my kids or somebody's going to be reading my journal, just laughing at me for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I think that's what sometimes like uh, makes people afraid of journaling online because they're like, what if I get yeah. attacked and everybody, you know, sees it in the yeah. entire world. Uh, whereas at home, I guess you only have to worry about your family <laughs> peeking in yeah. your journal. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know that I would put it online. Yeah, I'm like, man, I, I wonder how David feels about everybody reading his journaling, essentially, you know. Yeah, that's that, uh, like you're right. That's true. World. <laughs> yeah, there was one of, one of the coolest things I did. I don't know if this uh, website still even still exists, but there used to be a website that you could go to it and you could choose a future date, like a year from now oh. or three years from now, and you could write yourself a letter or a note, and it would send it to you whenever you designated. It oh be. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And that was actually, I did that a few times and, um, that was actually kind of cool because I would, I would go in there and I would write things that were kind of like prayers over my life. You know, this is Mm. in a year from now or two, I can't remember if I did like a year or two years, but like, this is what I would hope to be true. And, um, so Mm. I just wrote like some bullet points and I remember I totally forgot about it blank, you know, put it in the back of my mind. And when I, when it showed up in my inbox, um, it was actually like a profound moment for me because I was, wow. you know, able, able to like kind of go, wow, I think some of those things might be coming true. And that thing I was praying for did mm. happen, you know? So I think there's something about journaling, even if it's not like a website yeah. that sends you something in the future, there's something powerful about looking back on our stories. And I think even something biblical about like the idea of remembering being such an important theme of worship where, Oftentimes mm-hmm. when we get stuck or we feel fearful, you know, I think there's a reason why you all through the Old Testament, just the story of the Exodus is brought up again and again. And they, they even put like rhythms yeah. in their in their family life, you know, in, in their yearly ca- annual calendar mm-hmm. to like walk through their story as a people. And I think there's something that can be true about that for mm-hmm. us as well. Like we're certainly like ingrained in the story of God. And as God's people, but even remembering specific things of like, um, you know, hey, at this point, maybe for you, like, hey, like I took this huge leap of faith to start this company, move my family back here, here are the things I've seen God do. And then you get to the next one of those in your life and to be able to look back and go like, oh man, like God, yeah. he, he faithfully answered these prayers. And, you know, even though that turned out different than I thought it would, like, gosh, he was so faithful there. I do think it builds something inside of us, you know, that um, yeah. like faith rises up inside of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are really good points. And I think there's a lot of different approaches to journaling or like having those reminders. Um, so like for anybody listening, in case this is helpful, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, I, I could, you know, see like using it th- these kind of ways. Like um, I have a journaling app which I don't really use as, as much as I should. It's called Day One. You can type in it and like you can create different journals in it. So I have like a family journal and I actually have a journal in there for every kid. And, you know, I have four kids. And oh, that's cool. I would like upload photos there or sometimes I'll um, like I'll be talking to the, you know, our youngest, for example, who just turned seven and he'll we'll start having a conversation is just you know really precious i start recording it without him knowing you know and then i save it into that journal for his future you know whenever he wants to hear it when it's not he's an adult uh wow. 
And I, I actually used to do this where I set up a, a private email account for my kids and I would email things to them, basically to their future self to go, hey, you know, like basically like words of wisdom, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like that was an idea that I had implemented. Um, I think that could be cool, you know, if you have kids especially, but you could even do that for yourself where you email yourself and you just like send it to you know an email address that nobody else has or knows about um but when you were talking about that time travel like uh note or whatever yeah yeah um we use a project management software called asana where you can Mm -hmm. you know write whatever and then have it um, like have a due date on a certain date so you could have have even like a note that's due a year from now, and then it will bring it, you know, to your list. So yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to like implement uh, the you know ideas that you talked about because a lot of times I think you know as people we tend to forget like what God's done in our lives, and it's easy to start doubting and be like, well, I don't know if He's gonna really you know come through this time. And then if we can remind ourselves, and uh, I've heard. You know, somebody say like, preach the gospel to yourself. You know, <laughs> so yeah. like reminding yeah. yourself of God's truth in whatever way that works for you. Uh, I think my one of my pet peeves is when somebody is like very adamant in like their way or the highway. Like this is how you have to do it, otherwise, you know, you're foolish. And, like, yeah, you're a loser. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I love that. Like you shared different ideas too. Yeah. And I think that's maybe if you're just going to break it down to like a few practical things, you know, I think, I think there's just, whether you're a person that loves to journal or like I have some friends who just don't enjoy it. um, It's like we do as human beings, all of us have a tendency. uh, I think Tim Keller calls us gospel amnesiacs. You know, he uses that phrase Mm. and his, his, his point is we have a tendency to be fearful. We have a tendency to forget. And, um, so, you know, whether it's just putting simple things on your calendar or, you know, maybe you're not a journaler, but you just write down a significant date, you know, in your phone. And it's like, Mm -hmm. um, the unique thing is our physical bodies actually remember those things. Like if you've ever had a significant Mm -hmm. moment, you know, like for us, something about the summer air right now in Texas reminds me. My, my body knows that this is the time we moved to Dallas last year because it just, it feels mm. the cycle of that, you know? And so, yeah. but I, I think to just help us remember God's faithfulness um, and to relive those stories in ways, um, help us to be more faithful in the future for sure. And yeah, like you said, there's a thousand different ways you can do that. Yeah. So I, I think this is a great segue to uh, your music. You just put out an album. Yeah. And it's called The Hope of Christ. It's a live recording. And yep. when I listen to it, to me, like you're talking about, it's a reminder of, you know, God's truth and reminder of like why we're here, why we're, crea- why we're created to worship, you know. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much just just great, like, truth nuggets in there like <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like uh you're teaching theology through songs you know yeah uh, and i know yeah. like the worship initiative like i think that's part of like the value uh that you guys mm-hmm. have that i've noticed is like really you know theological 
theologically accurate and you know uh there's a lot of depth to the songs so uh, what was your approach with the album like did you have this vision for an album to have a certain theme or was it just kind of like let's write a bunch of songs and see what happens yeah that's a great this is a great question and this is something i've been reflecting on this is my first ever I've, I've been a part of other full length projects, but not all my own songs, you know, so I've been featured mm-hmm. or like did a church, a few church albums. And what was really unique um, about doing a, a full project of songs I've written is I saw f- it, it like revealed themes to me about my own life and about my own writing that weren't clear until you uh, put all the songs together, you know? And um, yeah, yeah. So th- some of the themes that started coming out were just like, um, I tend to write songs that are pretty honest about the human experience, but I'm trying to do that also in a corporate way, you know? And then mm. the, like the backbone of the song is, you know, like to use the title, like the hope of Christ. It's like, it's like, you know, contrasting life's experiences with this, the steady and steadfastness of God. And, um, mm. so I, I began to see that come out in a lot of the songs I was writing and it actually, like I started, you know, almost like we're talking about journaling. I started looking back and I'm like, oh man, that when I wrote that one, that was so true. And that's exactly what I needed to say to the Lord in that season. And then it's been helpful that I've done it in a way that's congregational. So now other mm. people can say the same thing to the Lord in their own season yeah. That's different than mine, but same truth. And so I do think songs, you know, they carry, uh, they are, they carry theology. Um, It's not really a question if they do. The question is more like, is it good Mm. theology? Is it helpful theology? (laughs) Um, And just that whole idea of like, you know, I don't know who coined this, this thought, but I've heard a lot of people say it of like, you oftentimes will leave church on Sunday and you know, you'll remember things about the pastor's teaching, no doubt, but like um, songs have a way of like, you might literally walk out singing a chorus and you you can remember yeah. it. And I think that's the gift of music partnered with lyrics yeah. that are theologically true is they, they're memorable. They help us like carry theology around with us. And so that's what I'm trying yeah. to do in the, in the record. It's a really congregationally ac- accessible record. But yeah, I'm trying to pack. Uh, I wanted it to be have depth in the sense of like it says mm. meaningful things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I listen to it, I'm like, man, there's so many songs on here that I want to introduce my to my church. You know. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. And I've always, yeah. yeah, I've always felt that about your songs, even before the worship initiative. Like, they are very singable and they are very like theologically rich. And I love that you're you're really focused on that. And as the worship initiative too, like there's a lot of stuff that you guys are putting out that is very, you know, honest, but also like theologically very, you know, just on point and a great reminder of God's word. Because uh, yeah. I've, you know, I've uh, been in services, not at our current church, but uh, you know, churches I would visit where we would sing a song for like seven, eight minutes. And I'm thinking about the words we're singing. I'm like, I don't even know if any of us understand what these words actually mean. <laughs> like, yeah. 
like there's no depth to it you know it's just kind of like a hype song almost where it feels really emotional and you know the fans doing a great job at like kind of creating that emotional experience in that moment but then theologically i'm like there's actually not really much of the biblical truth in here and that's something that you know causes me concern especially as i you know like have four kids that are coming up you know and like growing up in church is like we need to impart theology accurate theology you know yeah and not this just uh sometimes like a western theology where it's very Mm kind of like me-centered theology uh yeah because we have enough of that in this culture (laughs) so uh yeah yeah, i think that's something that yeah i really pay attention to so those, those are great points and you know shane bernard uh one half of Shane and Shane, uh, the way he talks about the way he talks about that, that's been helpful for me as a writer is he's, he makes the difference between, you know, sometimes we can write things that aren't necessarily like untrue, but they're Mm. not that helpful. And, um, Mm. so oftentimes when we're, when we're writing, Shane will just ask me the question, like, or a lot of times he will be uh, a person that I'm just like bouncing certain ideas off of. And he will ask me, Hey, what are you trying to say? Just like outside of rhyming the, you know, and outside of like syllable count, tell me what you're trying to say. And I'll just like tell him Mm. and he'll say, okay, you're getting close to that. But what you're actually saying is not quite that yet. Um, and that's, that's that whole idea of like, you know, there's a, we can write things that are not heretical. Um, but they also yeah. might not be as helpful as they could be if we just keep working at it and make it a little more clear. Um, and yeah. so that, that's been, I would say that's been a growth, uh, area for me over the last number of years is just getting to a mm. spot to, to keep, keep whittling away at the lyric, especially, you know, and keep rewriting and editing until it's saying what I'm actually trying to say, or at least it's closer yeah. to what I'm trying to say. And so, yeah. That's just some practical thoughts, but I do want to say thank you for saying that because, you know, you never know how close you're getting. So hearing other people who are hearing your music and saying things like that, that's a a huge encouragement to me. Yeah. And yeah, I think the songs, uh, they feel more like him, him like or hymnish, you know, and so it has that kind of like timeless element to it. Um, yeah, but also you know a lot of hymns. I grew up singing hymns, and a lot of hymns have a lot of theology. But then a lot of them also like you don't really know what it means to. Yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> you did a yeah, great job of sure. like making um, kind of like hymnish songs that are singable, playable by mu- normal musicians and stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what's you know what's kind of funny about that and. I hesitate to even say this because um, I don't know why I'm hesitating, but I really don't love hymns either. And and not not that I don't like them, but I, I came to faith a little bit later in life. And so I don't, maybe the best way mm. to say is I don't really have this like nostalgic connection to hymns that some of my friends really do. And so at times, you know, we're playing certain hymns in church and I see people responding in a certain way and I'm like, I don't really feel Mm. that same thing about that song. And so what's been interesting Mm. for me is I've just, I've not necessarily set out 
to be a hymn writer or, you know, a modern hymn writer. I've just tried to set out to write mm-hmm. as as best songs as I can and as theologically true songs yeah. as I can. And as I've done that, it's actually led me in that direction, which I think is really cool. Um, and so, you know, people have said, man, I, you're writing some of my favorite new hymns. And I'm like, hey, I wouldn't have even classified them that way. But the fact that, you know, yeah. you think there's some timeless, like that that word timeless, you know, I'm like, that's a huge compliment to me. Um, and maybe that's just an encouragement to other songwriters who might be listening of like, you know, you don't always have to pin yourself in a certain, you know, mm. category or whatever, because I wouldn't have put myself in a, a modern hymn writers category. But now some of my songs definitely fall in that mm. category. And I'm just trying to do the best yeah. I can, you know, so just like let let your art be truly who you are and be as best as you can. And then let some of that determine, you know, where it goes on its own kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, something I saw on Twitter, like, uh, several years ago, uh, from this pretty well-known worship leader slash artist at the time. And he tweeted that if you personally aren't moved by the song that you're leading, then you shouldn't be leading that song. Like nobody else is going to be moved by it. And I, I seldom like, uh, like to debate on the social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, most of the time I'm like, it's not very productive, but I, I was like, I feel like I have to say something. So I responded to it and this is years ago. And I said, Hey, I don't know that that's true because I was just at a senior center or retri- retirement home mm-hmm. and I led three hymns and I wasn't moved by them, but the people there were like literally in tears seeing these hymns. So a lot of times, like as worship leaders, it, sometimes it's not about singing our favorite songs. <laughs> you know, it's about That's, like serving and leading the congregation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that word of, that when you said serving, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think we've got to remember that being servants is our number one calling. And, mm-hmm. you know, so if sometimes we, we lower our personal preferences pretty low on the totem pole and put the preferences of what serves that congregation or in your, in the, in that instance, like that specific group of people. And, um, and then we serve them. And I, I think it's awesome when our personal preferences align exactly with the group of people that we're serving. Mm. But yeah, there's lots of moments in worship leading where I've, I felt like, man, the most helpful thing I can do here is a little bit different than probably what I would want to do just on my own. And yeah. I'm appreciative of other people that that lead that way um, when I'm in the congregation, you know, or pastors that mm-hmm. are, are really, you know, they could say it this way, but they're really putting it forth an effort to say it in a way that helps me connect. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, wow. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff and it's been a great conversation (laughs) and uh, time has flown by. (laughs) So uh, I want to let people know uh, that you are coming to the Worship Songwriters Retreat, which we're really excited about. Same here, man. Yeah, I was thrilled (laughs) when you said yes. Uh, So it's just uh, about a month away now, uh, September 12th through the 14th in kansas yeah. city so 
Uh, we have folks coming from all over the country. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't live in Kansas City, it's actually open to anybody. So, and Aaron's coming from Dallas. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, come join us. Uh, yeah, so we'll be covering um, some practical things with songwriting, and we're going to actually do some like Q&A panels uh, to answer questions from you know attendees about songwriting, and uh, we're going to actually have times for people to co-write in small groups, and then you know people like Aaron will be going around and giving you know pointers and encouragement here and there. So it's going to be a really cool time. Uh, I don't think that at least I've not heard of anything like this in Kansas City or nearby areas. Uh, I started this kind of retreat uh, back in the day, like 10 years ago in Nashville. And at that time, nobody was doing it in Nashville. Um, and the reason we're not doing it in Nashville is because now everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, let's bring this and put it somewhere else, too, because yes, other you. people can benefit from this. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can't so wait to be with you guys. You, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, if you are interested, uh, there is an application process because it is limited to about 30 writers. Um, and now I think we're about uh, maybe there's like seven or eight spots left. So if you're interested, uh, go to worshipsongwritersretreat.com and you can see all the information there. And there's a form that you can fill out to apply. And hopefully we get to meet you in person and you get to meet Aaron in person and shake his hand. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Come come join us. So, yeah, Aaron, thanks so much for joining the podcast. And also um, for you guys listening, be sure to check out the project. You can just search Aaron Williams or The Hope of Christ on your favorite platform. Uh, I would encourage you to listen to the whole thing because it is a really great project. Um, so, yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you, Wisdom. Appreciate all that you guys do. Look forward to seeing you in person in a month. Yeah, me too. Thank you for listening to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by Christian Music Marketing. To find out how we can partner with you to increase your impact and influence with integrity, please visit our website, christianmusicmarketing.com, or check us out on Instagram, at Christian Music Marketing. See you next time.